Welcome to Deep Focus, a radio show about movies and New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen, and I've been looking forward to doing this show for a long time. I'm joined in the studio today by Jim Barone, uh, who is, uh, I think it's safe to say, one of the stars of the new Adam Sandler Netflix comedy, The Week Of, that stars Sandler as a uh, kind of working class, middle class uh, Long Island contractor whose daughter is getting married uh, to a med student, the son of a character played by Chris Rock, who's a successful doctor in the movie. And you know, the movie, uh, in true Sandler fashion, chronicles the hijinks and exploits of, of that. And, you know, pretty, pretty sentimental, too, uh, exploits of the reconciliation between these two families uh, and with Jim Barone sitting right at the center of it. So without further ado, Jim, welcome to WNHH. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm doing well. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to pull that mic even closer. Excellent. And so Alan Appel, one of our uh, reporters here at The Independent, did a story on you back in November of 2017. But I wonder, for folks who have not read that or may not be familiar with you already, could you uh, give us the uh, the story of how you ended up at the middle of an Adam Sandler Netflix comedy? I'm still well, curious about that myself. Uh, actually, I was up at uh, Gaylord uh, Hospital up in Wallingford uh, recovering from my second amputation of my leg, and uh, or my second leg being amputated, and uh, I was there for five months as an inpatient. And I used to horse around quite a bit when I was there and clown uh, around. And uh, when I was an outpatient, I went to say hello to uh, some of the people I used to work out with. And um, they said that they had a team meeting that week, and they had just received a um, uh, email from a casting company looking for a double amputee to play the part of Seymour Listic, uh, Adam Sandler's uh, 87-year-old uncle, in an upcoming Netflix movie. So I said, "Well, what are you asking me for? I never acted before." And like, "Oh, you'd be perfect. You and Adam Sandler would be great together." I said, "Ah, guys," I said, "I never acted before." I said, "Plus, they were looking for somebody 62 to 80. I'm 56 at the time." And, um, they and so this is in the spring of 2017? Yes, correct. Um, yeah, it was uh, probably late April, early May. And, um, and uh, so they finally talked me into it. I sent an email in explaining who I was, and I was interested in the part. And they sent one back the next day and said, uh, please read these lines on tape and get them back to us. And they were kind of boring. It was about Adam meeting me at the airport. He said, I got to go to the bathroom. He takes me in the bathroom. And uh, we actually filmed at my sister-in-law's house on, uh, on Easter Sunday. And she's in the TV side of the business, um, I'm getting actors and actresses for uh, commercials and things like that. And I said, well, it's kind of boring. I said, you know, should I ad lib it? She goes, well, she goes, do it straight the way they want and then ad lib it. So I did it straight the way they want it. And then I said, well, if I'm 87, I wouldn't talk like this. So I used a different voice. I used a Seymourlistic voice. And if you see the movie, you'll know who I am. <laughs> and uh, um, I guess when uh, Robert Schmingbell, the uh, director, saw it, he goes, that's Seymour. Hmm. And uh, they, they were skeptical because I was so young and... Uh, they um, had lined up three guys to come into New York. Out of they had did a nationwide search, um, all actors and actresses. With, I mean actors, excuse me, not actors. Um, and um, did a nationwide search, and they narrowed it down to a few people, and had lined up three people to come in and do makeup in New York. And uh, I was the first one, and um, I went in, did makeup, joked around a little bit with those guys, and did the character a little bit. And uh, next day they called me and said, "If you want the part, it's yours." So I want I want to hear all about. Uh, your actual experience on the set and with Sandler and your, you know, your future trajectory as an actor. But t- um, you mentioned that you didn't have any background as an actor when they reached out to you. But tell us even, uh, you know, fill us in a, a bit more on, uh, you know, where, where you grew up, uh, where you were. I understand you worked at Yale for a number of years. Um, and then how you, how you ended up at, at Gaylord in the first place. Uh, well, I was uh, diabetic and uh, got some pretty bad staph infections in my legs and uh, 
tried for almost five years. Well, two years to save one leg, and that one was a lost cause, and we had had that amputated above the knee. And then uh, the other one got infected, and uh, same thing, we had end up amputating it. Uh, the second one, I got very sick. Uh, the infection went septic, and uh, I was as close to death as you would be. Matter of fact, when I got to Gaylord, uh, the doctor came in and said, I've never seen anybody as sick as you, Mr. Brown, make it here alive. And uh, so, well, I'm here. Could you pull that pull that yep. mic even a bit closer? Thanks. Yep. So, um, so it sounds like your history with diabetes and very close encounters with with death is kind of what put you in Gaylord. But where where are you from the area? I'm from Hamden. Grew up, born and bred. Um, went to Hamden High School um, and uh, graduated from there. I uh, got a job at Yale um, back in uh, the uh, mid '90s and uh, worked for the tele telecommunications department. And I was there for a number of years. And then. Uh, with everything going wireless, uh, they cut the staff down and uh, ended up over at the athletic department uh, working at the pain medicine gym. Mm. And worked there for a number of years. And then it just didn't become, with my injuries, it just didn't become feasible to uh, work anymore. So I'm retired right now. Well, semi-retired, trying to get into the acting business. And so no acting history, but have you uh, any any stand-up comedy history? It seems like your, uh, your comic chops were what I, won you over uh, I, to Robert Smeagol. I've done a little <laughs> bit uh, at uh, locally. Um, in Brantford, uh, done a little stand up, but uh, the uh, guys running it, uh, we're not seeing eye to eye right now, so uh, we'll see. I, I, I introduce myself as a sit down comedian, not the stand up comedian. Yeah. So, but, um, well, yeah. if you want to interject with any stand up material at any point in the in the show, we're, we're more than happy to hear it. Well, but I don't know if we could air some of the stuff. <laughs> by, uh, uh, yes, I did caution you that yes. we are on uh, FM radio yeah, right now. Um, so, so then let's, you know, so you, um, you think, you think it was the voice that won over Robert Smeagol? Was that the, uh, the kicker? Tell, tell yeah, us more about your yeah, audition. I, what, I think what was, that, and I think when the they met me, you know, I, I joked around, I told them a few stories and, uh, things that had happened to me throughout my life. And, uh, and when they would come over to see how the makeup was going, I'd say, what are you looking at? And, uh, they just, they just liked my character. They liked the way I portrayed the character. And, uh, the makeup was, was tough. I mean, uh, that was an hour and a half process every day. Um, and we filmed in July and August on Long Island, so it was it was hard. But um, the guys who did my makeup actually worked for Saturday Night Live. They uh, do Alec Baldwin to make him look like Donald Trump, and all the other characters on Saturday Night Live. And great guys, great guys to work with. They made it made it livable. And um, but uh, the makeup part of it was tough. So and, the same uh, same folks that are transforming Alec Baldwin into Donald Trump or turning fifty uh, seven year old Jim Barone into eighty however old eighty seven year old Jim Arlistic the, the war hero. So. So I should say, for I'm sure that people are, you know, most people listening to this show are familiar with these names, but Adam Sandler, the kind of breakout uh, young comedian from Saturday Night Live, and right. a number of, uh, you know, very successful comedies, including uh, Happy, uh, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison right. and uh, Big Daddy, stuff from that. He was kind of a, a star of the 90s. Um, Chris Rock, also a very uh, successful comedian, Robert Smigel, longtime uh, uh, collaborator with Adam Sandler. But Sandler, I think in 2014, signed a four movie deal with Netflix where yeah, he was he, he, he producing did, these original movies for yeah, Netflix. Yeah, he did right? four, and the first three were so popular that he actually signed a contract to do four more after the four that he's uh, already done. So, According to Netflix, they're the most watched original movies right. on yep. Netflix. Now, Netflix is pretty cagey about what numbers they release but right. these movies uh even though you know some of them have not been the most critically acclaimed they right. certainly seem to be phenomenally popularly you know uh, I, I don't popular. spend a lot of time paying attention to the critics i um they they trashed our movie a little bit and um and sandy wexler and uh i saw sandy wexler and the first time i wasn't crazy about it but i've watched it since and I, it's hysterical 
and that's one of the part uh, four series that he did. The other movies I haven't really uh, got a chance to watch yet, but uh, our movie, very funny again. And I'm not just saying that because I was in it. it it's hysterical. It, it is funny from beginning to end. It's as good as anything Adam's made. You know, I, I've read articles that, oh, he's just not funny anymore. Well, I spent five weeks with him. He's funny. <laughs> he's very funny. So Trust the, me. So, well, first let me say you're listening to Deep Focus on WNHH LP, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm in the studio today with Jim Barone. Uh, A.K.A. Seymour Lustig, one of the uh, the stars of the new Adam Sandler comedy, The Week of, uh, which is now playing on Netflix. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, makeup was a big deal. Took an hour and a half each day, transforming you into the uh, the semi World War II vet. That's kind of part of the comedy of the movie. Uh, but tell us more about uh, you know just put it, put us on set with you, Jim. Any other memorable experiences? They, they put me up in a five star hotel in the penthouse suite. I, I was allowed to bring an assistant with me who they paid. And or, where, where was this? Long Island? Um, it was all in Long Island. Um, um, Glen Cove, um, uh, Floral Park. Um, we took over a uh, town hall one day. We took over a ballpark another day. We took over a hospital another day. We took over JFK, or a wing of JFK Airport uh, another day. And, uh, so and how, long, how long total were you? How many days I, I was were there, you I, I got to Long Island on July 5th. And I left on July 10th. We ha- I had they had to be done with my characters filming on July. I mean, excuse me, August 10th, because the uh, my makeup guys had to go back to Saturday Night Live. So you were from July 5th to August 10th. But I only shot That's... 20 of those days. Got it. So, but they were long days. So Our, you taking oh, so how how long were the days? Uh, the shortest day I had, I think, was 10 hours, and that was one day. I think the rest were 13, 14, 18 hours. So how'd you fare? I mean, Long Island Sun, you're you know new to acting. <laughs> this is a totally new chapter in your life. It was, uh, was it? I was exhausted. I'll tell you, I didn't want to go home, but I had to go home. I was absolutely exhausted. I was spent. I really was. Um, it was. It was. You know, I was getting up four or five o'clock in the morning. You know, that's usually what time I go to bed. You know, and uh, but they had a limo come pick me up every morning in front of the hotel, and uh, so I played. I had my own trailer on set. I mean, my I had my own stunt double, Brian Anderson, a uh, great guy. Um, Meeting him was, was good. He uh, He's a uh, Iraqi vet. He's actually blown up in Iraq by an IED and uh, lost his legs and his hand. And uh, he had an identical twin brother. That's how they fashioned his hand after uh, his brother. But a uh, great guy to meet. He's been uh, he's done quite a few things. He's done uh, CSI New York and um, uh, Hawaii 5 and different other things. So it was a lot of fun meeting him. And uh, So what's it like having a stunt double on a comedy? I mean, it so was fun because it, you, I, you, you say the jokes and then they pull in Brian for the... If I didn't want to do anything, I just didn't send yeah. Brian. Let him do it, you know. But uh, no, I, I wanted to do everything. I kind of felt bad sometimes because he'd be sitting there in full makeup too. And uh, and a lot of times they wouldn't need him, you know. Sometimes he'd sit there all day and they just wouldn't use him. Hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to give away movie magic, but they used him quite a bit. Um, so give that, us give us a, um, a moment or two. I mean, one of the... Uh, maybe the focal points of your character's role in the movie is at this little league baseball game when you're dressed up in your World War II uh, garb and all these people are coming up and, and thanking you for your service, even though you're, the character's actual service is a bit dubious, but people yeah, certainly celebrate as, him. They assume that I am a World War II hero who got blown up in World War II. As they said, they assume that. I believe one little girl says, thank you for killing all the Nazis. Thank so. you for killing all the Nazis. Yes, that was actually Adam Sandler's daughter. He says that. Um, his, both his daughters are in the movie. His wife's in the movie. Um, as in most of the movies he does, he always has his wife and daughter. His uh, nephew's in the movie. His nephew plays the ex of the girl that's getting married, uh, the next-door neighbor. Um, Steve Buscemi, again, who played my son. Um, he's in most of Adam's movies. Uh, so, um, 
So take us uh, behind the scene for for that uh, the little league scene. I mean, what, what's uh, any any particular uh, moments in terms of you trying out new lines, or Sandler giving you direction, or just you know, goofing off with the for the, the most crew? part they let me go. I was surprised. Like like you know, um, the first day we shot, I was actually two hours late coming to the set. Not my fault. It was just the process of putting the makeup on. And everything was made me two hours late. And uh, when I pulled up, I was like everything was set up, and I was like, wow, Hollywood, you know and and they basically got me out of the car, put me in the, sitting in the, into the car where I was banging on the window, asking him where he's been, and uh, and threw me, fed me to the fish. You're on your own. But Adam, from time to time, would come out and say, you know, could do this or do it that way. Or, but for the most part, they they just let me go, and uh, which I found, you know, interesting to say the least. I mean, I figured they would give me a lot more coaching, and they didn't. Maybe I guess I was doing it right. I don't know. What do you what do you like most about acting? You know, as someone who has not worked in this field before, you know, what what were you most nervous about? What do you think you really got kind of intuitively? You know, as- I, I never really felt nervous. They always felt made me feel so comfortable. And what I liked most is we were, you know, anywhere we went, we were the king. You know, we had police escorts and everything, and you know, we were on one side of the picket line, they were on the other. You know, and fans and whatnot, and kids would come running up and ask for my autograph. And, Things like that, and it was just fun being a part of the whole thing, just seeing how the process of making a movie gets done, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. So, you know, the days went by quick, even though they were eighteen-hour days. You know, Adam was great on set. He, um, at one point, when uh, they had rented a house that we filmed at, and uh, he got everybody in the whole house dancing to a song that he was playing on his little boombox, and uh, he got the sound people, the camera people, the actors, the actors, everybody's on the countertops, and he got the whole house just dancing and singing. And uh, just part of his, you know, just make it light, you know, and uh, he's a lot of fun to work with. So know? I'm, I'm, and I, I want to ask you a bit about your relationship with Sandler, because you've said in our correspondences before this interview, you've said nothing but nice things about him. He's, he seems like he's really impressed you. But from someone who, you know, only knows Sandler through his movies, I think he's carved out a very distinct um, comedic personality that he's played off of for you know almost three decades now, which is right. and kind of the this a bit of an overgrown child. Uh, who has this very deep well of anger just below the surface that is kind of constantly bubbling out. And part of his physical comedy is the way that he not so successfully suppresses that. And that comes through a lot in the week of, right? The the kind of uh, closed door shouting matches that he has with his <laughs> wife. Kind of every, every right. other scene he seems to be, uh, you know, venting. And then the way that he is suppressing his frustration with, uh, you know, his the manager at the hotel who's not, you know, fixing up the room properly. So is, is this just, uh, Adam Sandler, the character that well yeah, of anger? I, I never, <laughs> I, only, I only saw him, um, lose his temper. I think once on set and, uh, he was basically feeling meant, you know, he's wearing many hats, you know, he, he co-wrote the uh, movie, um, produced the movie and, uh, kind of co-directed it with, uh, Robert. Um, so, I mean, he was wearing a lot of hats. I only saw him lose his temper once and it was for a short period. Other than that, he, he's just so much fun to work with. He's so easygoing, and, and he jokes with you. He treats you like a normal human being. And um, I never was standing. I never was starstruck by him. You know, I always, you know, I'd see him. Hey, Adam, how was your weekend? And uh, you know, I can't tell you some of the things he said. Again, uh, I'm gonna keep it uh, G-rated. So, uh, but um, I appreciate that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, he's just a very laid-back guy. As a matter of fact, I was talking to his manager, who's a lifelong friend of his. He actually, actually met in junior high school. And I said, is he the same now as he was back then? He says, for the most part, yeah, he's the same guy, you know. He hasn't really changed, you know. And I asked his wife the same thing. I said, is he the same at home? And she goes, every day. 
What about your history with Sandler as um, an actor? I mean, you, you uh, are you a fan of his or his yeah, 90s stuff? Been, you know, I've always liked him. Ad- yeah, I've always liked him. I, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. That to, I figured I would meet him before the movie. Maybe we'd go out to dinner and talk and, hey, we're going to do this and that. They said they basically, I pulled up and here you go. Time, time, welcome to Hollywood. And uh, so that was that. I, um, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but they said he made me feel very comfortable. And, just to show you the kind of guy he is, the first day we were shooting, we went out and had lunch. It was always a buffet, like you're at your, the best wedding you've ever been at, ever. Um, so anyway, I came back from lunch, and there's about 10 people on the, on the police picket line there. And I went over to say hello to him and talk to him. And, uh, and they're like, well, where's Adam? And I'm like, oh, you don't want to talk to me? And uh, so I said, oh, he's inside. He said, well, we all work in the restaurant, but we couldn't get parts as extras. And I said, oh, that's too bad. I said, uh, I'll see if he'll come out and say hello. So I went inside, and uh, he said, oh, he says, uh, what are you giving out autographs there, Jim? I said, no, I was actually talking to him, and they all worked in the restaurant, and they couldn't get parts as extras, and they didn't wonder if he would come out and say hello. And he dropped what he was doing, went outside, took pictures with all of them, signed autographs for every one of them, and uh, he did that no matter where we went. You know, mm-hmm. always went out of his way to uh, give out autographs and say hello to people. And he's a genuine guy. He really is. You know? Sounds like a, you know, considering his level of celebrity, right. it's pretty humble. Uh, right. What you're right. describing. Uh, I want to ask, uh, besides Sandler, who was your, uh, your other favorite actor you met on set? Oh, Steve Buscemi by far. He's, he's as I said, I, I don't, uh, I said to you before we came in, that I, I didn't realize how funny he was until I met him. And just in, in, in personal, in person, he's just so funny and such a good guy, you know, um, we uh, we filmed uh, I think the third day at JFK Airport, and I heard I was just getting ready to go in to do makeup. It was about seven in the morning. I always had to be on the set two hours early because I had the most makeup. And uh, I heard someone say, "Where's Jim? Where's Jim?" And I turned around and I didn't recognize him at first. And he came over. He said, "Hey, I'm Steve." I said, "Oh, hey, Steve, how you doing?" And uh, he introduced himself. You know, said looking forward to working with me. But he always went out of his way to say hello to me, and uh, he was just happy to be walking by the trailer. And again, he he. Uh, Really laid back guy, you know. You could tell he was a New Yorker. Didn't walk around with any security guards, you know. He's just just Steve, you know, and uh, just a really good guy and a lot of fun to work with, you know. And That's, they all were. We've we've spoken about a, a lot of movies, especially recently with Steve Buscemi and then the death of Stalin, uh, yeah, right. Pete, and and he's a phenomenal actor. So it's always good to hear that the people you admire um, turn out to be good guys as well. I want to um, transition a bit to you know the um, you know, your thoughts on, on the movie itself, you know, now that it's done and you're seeing yourself in it, but I want to ask one more time, uh, what was the most, uh, surprising thing for you as a non-professional actor going onto the set, you know, meeting all of these big stars? What was it that you thought, oh, wow, I would have never guessed that this would have happened like this. Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, it, it was little things, uh, small things, um, not, um, so much big things. Um, for instance, uh, the scene at the airport where the uh, guy from the air- airline uh, wheels me into the airport. Um, from what I understood, they flew him in from Chicago to do that one scene and flew him back. I, I don't know why they didn't get somebody local, but um, they apparently wanted him. Uh, but uh, nothing, um, just little things. But there, there was nothing really major that hit me in the face. Like, wow, geez, I never would have expected that, you know. Um, I, I, and I now understand why it costs so much to make a movie. I mean, just the, the logistics of things, you know, we... I filmed at about five different locations, and we had trailers. We had about, maybe I'd say, 15 trailers, and they had to be moved every day if we were going to another uh, uh, set um, by Teamsters. And they'd, you know, move them in at night, and they'd be all set up in the morning, and, uh, you know, you had to feed, uh, you know, 100, 200 people a day. So it's it's quite a process. But, Mm. uh, 
I said, nothing that really hit me in the face. It's just surprised about little things that, you know, it takes to make a movie. You know, it's, it's a big process, a really big process. So, so the big process, uh, you know, being complete and, uh, and done behind the scenes come, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago now, the movie is out, available on Netflix. Did you, like, when was the first time you saw the final cut? Was I it saw it. We, they the uh, brought us, to, we had the premiere at the Lincoln Center in New York. And uh, we saw it there, the movie there, and then went over to uh, uh, Tavern on the Green for cocktails afterwards. So what was the premiere at Lincoln Center like? Uh, it was tremendous. Um, you know, the whole red carpet, it was actually white carpet, but the red carpet, the whole deal, you know, they sent a limo to my house to pick me up, and I brought some friends with me, and uh, I brought, my date was uh, one of the girls that was in the movie, um, became friends with, and, uh, and uh, hey, Whitney, and, uh, and uh, so it was, it was, um, it was just surreal. That that was surreal more than the movie, I think, because all well, the cameras, you know, and and uh, people wanted to talk to me and whatnot. And I was almost done going through the line, and I heard Jimmy, Jimmy, come and take pictures. And it was Adam, and uh, he called me over to take pictures with him. And uh, but it, I had not. I filmed for twenty days. The movie itself filmed for I think forty days. So I filmed just about half of the uh, time uh, the movie took to film the whole entire thing. And so I didn't see a lot of it. And I wasn't part of a lot of it. So I, and when when they showed it, and I was hysterical. I mean, I laughed from beginning to end. And every time I've seen it, I've laughed. It's, it's a very funny movie. Very well, funny movie. I know you're you're say you're answering this now, but I still want to ask. Yeah, the movie's done. Uh, do you feel like it? Uh, so it were you laughing as much on set as when you finally watched <laughs> it? Are you surprised with how it was put together? There you, were times. Were you just satisfied uh, with how how good it came out? No, I I, I knew it was going to be a good movie when I was on set. I didn't think it would be as good as it was. Um, cause they added so much to it. Um, you know, there's so much, I mean, when a movie when they're done filming, they're not even done with half the movie. I mean, uh, the post-production is, is quite a bit of work, but, uh, there were a couple of times the director had to remind me to remember my lines cause Adam was making me laugh so hard, just going into Adam Sandler. Cause he would be sitting there being Adam and then he'd go into Adam Sandler and just that face that he would make when he's trying to open the, uh, the wheelchair that always, always give him a hard time. And I just started cracking up, and I, I couldn't get to my line in time. So That's that barely suppressed anger face, right? <laughs> yeah. just wrestling yeah, that exactly, wheelchair, exactly. trying to get it into the trunk and, of the car. And, yeah, as I said. But that's Doesn't all. understand why it's not working. Yep, yep. And uh, so that that was pretty funny. I made mean, quite a gag out of the uh, wheelchair and then having to carry me during the movie. And uh, and what kind of response have you been getting from, from friends, from strangers, from, from actors in the weeks since it came out? Everybody and everybody. Um when I actually the day I went out there, my phone wouldn't stop. Uh, people pay uh, texting me, you know, good luck. I had about twenty people saying, hey, "Jim, good luck, break a leg." I'm like, "Please, can you come up with something a little better?" You know, I would have laughed, but you know, that's very obvious. You know, break an arm, something different. You know, <laughs> but uh, oh, it's all been great. My family loves it. You know, my my daughter will tell friends or neighbors, "Oh, my dad's in a movie." And I'm standing there like, "Wasn't your dad dying last year?" And they're like, "Yeah, right." And no, he isn't. That she'll show him pictures. Um, my daughter actually came to the set one day with my grandson, and uh, I got a picture of him and Adam Sandler fighting with each other. That was pretty cool, and uh, Adam signed it, autographed it. So, uh, well, I'm I'm so encouraged, and I, for one, really did enjoy this movie as well. Right. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I laughed a lot more, but you know, I, I forget this, if this was on air or not. But you've mentioned that there there have been some critical detractors as well, and you know, I we, this you know not not every you know not everyone comes out and loves everything that Adam Sandler does these days. Right? Uh, how's it been dealing with the the critical feedback, or do do you just not think about that at all? I, I mean, I read it just to see what they're saying, but I don't. I, you know, I, I ignore what they say. As I said, if a movie makes me laugh, it's funny. Mm. You know, and I, I've had that attitude long before I got into this. 
So, um, you know, critics will kill a lot of movies, and I just say, you know what, if I enjoyed it, it's good. And uh, it takes a lot to get me to laugh, and uh, I barely laughed through most of that movie. And, uh, so, I mean, some of the things they do that are so subtle, um, I, don't wanna, I won't give the movie away, but some of the things they do that are so subtle, like inviting the guys into the house, you know, it's comedic genius. They're genius. I mean, to, to come up with that, some of these things, it's just like, you know, who would even think of that, you know? And uh, they, that's what they do. That's what they do. Well, I was surprised a lot, too. Um, Adam, a lot of times, uh, he would, um, he'd throw me a line that wasn't in the script. And I'd sit there, and I'm like, where the heck did that come from? You know? And, uh, and so I'd have lived a little bit, and um, some of them they cut out, some of them they didn't. But uh, Do you remember an example of a line he threw you that wasn't in the script? Um, <sighs> to put you on the spot. No, I the only one the one I remember most that they they cut it for time restraints. I guess Netflix wanted because the movie ran a little long. I think it ran an hour and fifty minutes, and Netflix wanted to keep it under two hours, so uh, they didn't. Uh, but they they cut a they cut a part out there. Um, I really can't think of anything offhand. There, it was a lot of small things, but uh, I know they they brought me into New York um, when we were playing Parcheesi in the basement. They brought me into. I, I didn't have a line there. Adam had me saying something else, and they cut that, but they brought me to New York just to say, um, uh, double it. When, Adam, when uh, Chris Rock said, oh, you can double it, and basically I was telling me he's full of, full of crap that, uh, you know, there was, I just said, oh, double it. <laughs> and they drove me into New York for, uh, it took about 10 minutes and drove me back to just to do that one little, one little piece of what. So, yeah. <laughs> this, well, I, I want to transition to uh, your your future uh, career as an actor and what what your communications have been like with with Adam Sandler since the movie. But you're jumping into Seymour Elastic Voice for a second that reminds me, since we're on radio and this is an audio medium, I've got to ask you to at least say one full sentence in the Seymour Elastic Voice. Can you give us a line uh, that Seymour had or or even just what you ate for breakfast in the Seymour? Just give us a bit more of that lusty growl. Um. A lot of times I would just go to, uh, up to people in, um, um, like, JFK um, Airport and say, Hi, I'm Seymour Listic from Miami, Florida. How are, hi, how are you today? And they just looked at me like I was crazy. And uh, I'd go over and <laughs> knock people's <laughs> luggage over and say, Hey, what are you looking at? And uh, But I used to love doing the voice. I would do it a lot on, on the set, you know, and stay in character. And like When, when they had the, all the extras there, I used to give them a hard time all the time. I, I'd go up and say, What's the matter? McDonald's wasn't hiring today? You had to come here? Well, you're going to be fired in about an hour as soon as we're done. <laughs> and uh, so I had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, It's great. You're really method actor style, throwing yourself into Seymour Lustig, even when the camera's not rolling. That's, right. That's a lot I, of fun. I, I don't know when to stop now. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, sometimes I'm I sure find, your family and friends appreciate I find that. myself at uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm kind of like, give me uh, a medium. Oh, sorry. <laughs> give me a medium. But what I do, I have had a lot of fun at. I'll, I'll just go to random people. I'm either waiting for the bus or... I'm at a store and the cashier is cashing me out, and I'll say, "Oh, um, do you have Netflix, by the way?" And they'll give me a weird look, and it's always the same thing. And they'll say, "If they say yes, they'll say, hey, have you seen that movie The Week of with Adam Sandler, Chris Rock?'" And I had a girl the other day at Stop and Shop. She goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was funny." She goes, "But I didn't like the way they treated that old guy." I said, "No, they treated him pretty good." She goes, "No, the guy in the movie." I said, "I am the guy in the movie." <laughs> and she goes, "No, you're not." I said, "Yes, I am. I'm Seymour Lustig from Miami, Florida." She goes, "Oh my God, you are." So I have a lot of fun doing that. Was that at the Stop and Shop in New Haven? In Hamden, yeah. In Hamden, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I have a lot of fun doing that. And I had great. a woman come up, and she was looking at me, and a lot of people look at me because I'm missing my legs, but she was looking at me, and she came up, she was, are you in that movie with Adam Sandler? I said, well, 
how would you know that? I said, I'm in makeup. She goes, oh, I read the article in the paper and uh, said you were from Hamden, so um, I assumed it was you. I said, well, you're right. So that's pretty cool having people come over. And what, and what do you think about how the cast crew, Sandler, treated you as a double amputee? You know, someone in a wheelchair, they, did they treat with your respect? Did you feel... Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I've, I've heard a couple of people say, oh, you know, it was disrespectful. No, not, no, no, no. They, they, you know, I... Some like, um, the joke that Steve Buscemi says when I meet him in the ballpark, parking lot, when he has the big bottles of booze, and he goes, hey, Pop, don't get up. He got that from me. So it wasn't them making fun of me. I would make, I would come up with the jokes to, you know. So, so you know, they were so respectful of me. They always went out of their way to make sure I was taken care of, um, to make sure I was accommodated for, you know. So, um, you know, quite the opposite, you know. Um, they, they were great, absolutely great. Well, who's also being great is Jim Barone at WNHH's Deep Focus today. I'm your host, Tom Breen, and we're talking about his starring role in the week of the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. Uh, so... The movie's out. It's on Netflix. Seems to be doing well. Uh, Jim, you said that I think just earlier today or yesterday you were in touch with with Adam Sandler. Tell us a bit about your relationship with Sandler um, after the movie came out, and and what you know what does it look like going forward for you as an actor and a Sandler collaborator? Yeah, I, you know I felt we had a good report. And I remember talking to my uh, sister uh, when I came back, my younger sister, and. Uh, you know, saying, oh, you know, a good report. I, I think he'll probably call me for something down the road. He says, oh, well, don't get your hopes up. And I, I says, I just thought we had a good report. We really did. And um, I, um, I, um, um, but when I left the set, I spoke to him and I said, Adam, you know, you never ever need a crazy guy from uh, New Haven with no legs uh, to do a movie. He said, give me a call. And he says, oh, Jimmy, I'm not doing another movie without you. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, about seven days after I got home, he called me just to see how I was doing. And, uh, and uh, matter of fact, when we had the rap party a couple weeks later, um, he, um, I was talking to his manager, who's a lifelong friend of his, and he goes, oh, yeah, he says, we're on the set that day. And I, he goes, actually, I called you and then handed out on the phone. He goes, I was looking at him. He says, you know, I said, Adam, what's wrong? He goes, yeah, you know, it's just not the uh, same on the set since Jimmy left. I got nobody to joke around with, you know. And, uh, but he's called me a few times. Matter of fact, he called me about three or four days ago. So I think he's got some plans for me. I don't know what, but uh, I don't know, maybe taking out his trash. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I think he's got something. And what for about me your your own, you know, personal goals for being an actor? Are you hoping to be in more movies, or is it just you want to spend like more to time with I'd like to be in more movies. Guy? I'd like yeah. to I'd like to work with Adam. Um, you know, um, I know he's been on tour doing his uh, his comedy thing, uh, stand up uh, thing all uh, all winter. But uh, just you know, because I broke in with him, and he's, he's just such a fun guy to work with. I, I couldn't imagine working with another group that would be as fun as working with the group that I was, I was with. You know. And uh, as I said, he always has Steve Buscemi in all his movies. And Chris Rock's always there. So he, he, and Robert Smigmo's usually around. And you know, I, I just uh, couldn't envision. But they they loved the part. Uh, the Netflix executives that I met at the uh, premiere all came up to me and pat me on the back. And uh, so I don't know, you know, where that's going to take me. We'll see. I would like to write a book. I haven't got around to find anybody who will uh, sit down with me. I, I've had a fascinating life. Uh, well before this movie started, I could have wrote a book. But. Um, now that, could you, know, you share? Well, I you probably want to keep a few of those details for the book, but what uh, when you say fascinating, to give, well, it, give, fascinating, us, give us good, a taste good, of good what... Good and uh, bad. I've had, um, like, for instance, when I lost my legs, a lot of people say, oh, that's Jim. You know, I, when I was 11, I got run over by a car, shattered my hip. Took about six months to heal that up. Uh, two weeks after it healed, I was jumping across a brook by my house and broke my foot. Um, about a year and a half later, I was hopping a freight train that used to run the, the uh, canal line, the trail that runs the length in Connecticut there. 
hopping a freight train with my friends, and I slipped, and uh, my foot got caught underneath the wheel, and I lost half my foot. Um, a few years after that, I got in a car accident doing 90 miles an hour, no seatbelt, and walked away. And uh, a few other car accidents, wrapped the car around a tree. and uh, So uh, I've got a few lives, uh, but... Uh, so it's it's been a quite interesting life, both good and bad. And uh, I guess uh, you know where I was up at Gaylord, they're really pushing my story because you know it's you know to go from you know a double amputee to you know your whole life changes for the worse, and you got to learn to relive your life again. And uh, for this to happen, and and I'm kind of you know I'm, it's it's very confusing. You know when you look at it, it's like hey, I got to work with some of the funniest people in Hollywood, but I had to lose my legs to get it. You know, so, and then somebody said to me, oh, well, some people would lose their legs to get it. And like, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. So, so again, you're, you're answering the questions even before I ask it, which is great. But I'm going to ask a kind of a, a big uh, cheesy one anyway. But what, what's this whole experience meant to you? I mean, this, you know, this uh, being able to spend uh, a few months on the set and now potentially a kind of a lifetime relationship with a pretty big comedian, maybe future movies hit. But, you know, what, what's all, how's this all affected Jimmy the person? Uh, you know, I, I'm still sorting it all out to tell you the truth. I mean, it's, um, it, I, I can't, I, I don't even think it's hit me yet. And the only, I mean, the movie, it was just so, it was almost like it was meant to be. And, you know, so I just took it in stride. You know, I never, I never was star. The only, well, I, the only one time I was starstruck on the set is they had, um, they had sent a limo to take me to a doctor's appointment in New Haven. And I wasn't, I had the day off. And uh, me and my assistant went there, and uh, just as I was pulling up, the director calls me and said, Jim, can you get back to Long Island by 4 o'clock? We've got a scene we want you to be in tonight at the house. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do, and I, I made it back by 4 o'clock, and they brought me downstairs, and we're sitting doing the Parcheesi game, and I'm sitting there, Chris Rock sitting next to me, Adam Sandler sitting next to him, and then um, the two women I have uh, as sisters in the movie, one is, uh, was uh, Tony Soprano's mother-in-law, and the other one played uh, Joey's agent on Friends. And then we had Rachel Track on the other side and, and Steve Buscemi's behind me. And I'm looking around the table, I'm like, how the heck did I get here? And I was just, I just overwhelmed, that, that just overwhelmed me. I was like, what am I doing here? You know, it was like, it was like Alice in Wonderland, you know? So, but, uh, well, may you cherish that experience and may you have more, more of those to come. It's I nice. hope, I hope, we'll see, we'll see. So, um, and have movies always been important to you? You, you lifelong I, movie fan? I always like movies, I always like joking around a lot. I, I like to make people laugh, you know? When I'm when I'm at my worst, if I make people laugh, it makes me feel better. You know, uh, as I said, I clowned around a lot when I was up at the uh, Gaylord Hospital. Um, I used to call the uh, nurse's office and pretend I was the director and tell them to take better care of that room, that guy in room 103, Jim Barone, <laughs> and uh, different things like that. And, uh, so, but uh, yeah, wow. so um, you know, I like making people laugh. I think that's as good a place as any to wrap this up, Jim. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing your experiences and. Uh, where can, if people want to find out more about this movie or about, uh, I don't know, is, do you have like a contact, an email or a Facebook I have an email, page? Or, uh, how can folks reach you? Jimmy Barone 22, J-I-M-M-Y Barone, B-A-R-O-N-E 22 at gmail.com. You can contact me. Anybody wants to write a book? And I'm single too, by the way. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Sing, so anyone looking uh, for a book or anything else, Jimmy yep. Barone 22 at gmail.com. Uh, the movie is on Netflix. It's called The Week Of. You can check it out now and probably for a long time to come. I don't see that movie going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Jim, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Yep, Thanks thank for coming you. on. Thank you very much. You can go to deepfocusradio.com to find links to all of the movies that we've spoken about today and also 
uh, links to over nearly three years now of conversations about movies in New Haven. And we'll catch up with you next week with another episode.